What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton, and normally I don't do any interviews remotely uh, other than Nate and the board meetings because we've had a million conversations in person and it's it's really easy to do via the Internet now. But I like to sit down with people in person and have conversations Um and I know today's guest uh, uh, a little. We've talked before. We actually recorded a podcast that never came out because I was slow on the draw and Juliet's life situation changed and it just didn't make any sense to put it out anymore. Um, but today's guest is Juliet Hammer. And I felt like we should do this quickly because it's kind of an issue that that I've seen growing a little bit and you're right in the midst of it right at this moment and it just seemed like a good idea to talk about it before we get started tell us a little bit about you i know it's always tough to (laughs) put someone in the hot seat but i'm gonna do it all right yeah quick quick intro uh hi my name's juliet i have been climbing for 17 years um and last year started my own climbing coaching business and um yeah have just kind of been rolling with that and um i'm based out of chattanooga tennessee and yeah stoked to to get climbing with the southern season this year it's been really fun for me to be on the outside looking in and watching this um, group of women building their coaching businesses. And I've been really excited to see what you're doing and knowing that you come from this background of crushing boulders um, and that you're now able to impart that to other people and that it's working out for you makes me really happy to see. Yeah. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think getting into the coaching space can be pretty intimidating and I'm, sure. I'm glad I've been able to get into it and, and make it work. And, um, I, yeah, I do think it's important to have, yeah, diversity among service providers in the industry. And, um, it's definitely something I want to continue kind of pushing for. I agree. And you've also been leaning into a lot of the social issues that we end up with in this community, like like any community does. You know, we're not immune to that. Um, and I think that's a necessary thing for the leaders and coaches are leaders. So I also appreciate and love seeing that happen. Yeah, well, same goes goes for you. Um, yeah, I definitely think it's important for people to speak up and uh, address address these things that yeah need to be addressed. Yeah. All right. Um, you just recently posted a reel. Tell me a little bit about what happened and why we're having this conversation. 
Yeah. Well, it definitely feels a little ridiculous to to begin with that we're having a conversation over it. It does. Stupid, it does, but it's real. Real. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, I I guess to start, uh, a big part of my business is online um, social media marketing. And so I'm quite quite on Instagram. I post quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I try to make a lot of content. Um, and this particular reel I, I wanted to make just to give a shout out to the gym I've been climbing at here in Chattanooga since I'm new to town. And um, I've been having a great time climbing there. So decided to, to film myself on a boulder I thought was cool, uh, make a little reel of it. And it, it, there was a moment of pause when I was creating the reel because I was like, well, what grade should I put on this thing? Um, kind of knowing that people can get a little sensitive about grades, especially sure, especially with gym boulders. But I you ridiculous know, aspect number one, ridiculous aspect number one. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, I, I talked to the guy who set the boulder. I was like, how how hard do you think this thing was? And he was like solid to hard V10. And I was like, all right, well, I'll, I'll call it V10. There was there was definitely a moment in there where I was like, oh, maybe I'll call it V9 because I feel like people get weird about the V10 grade because even previously I, I've posted reels of me on outdoor V10s and still gotten people being like, how is this V10? <laughs> like I literally posted a reel of uh, the green 45 stand, which is the stand to Jade, um, which right. if you're unfamiliar is a famous V14 in Colorado and still got comments being like, what? This is V10? I don't believe it. So so for me, I kind of knew if if that was happening on a very well-established outdoor boulder that, you know, there was potential for for those same comments, especially on a gym boulder. So that was kind of the yeah. first, like, I don't know, interesting moment. But, you know, I decided, hey, I'm not going to minimize myself for other people's comfort, put the V10 grade on the reel. Who cares? Um, but people cared, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it Grades are this interesting minefield of a conversation to begin with. Um, and then I think you add in the fact that you're a woman and – and for some reason, um, maybe just the male ego, it becomes even a more of a minefield. It becomes a more dangerous place. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's uh, and I and I don't even want to like necessarily say that it's only males. I mean, there was definitely a woman commenting on my post who was, you know, making the the same comments of essentially people saying I inflated the grade to get attention on the internet, (laughs) which is. Yeah. Haters are relatively equal opportunity. Yeah, totally. Um, And I know it is just really astounding how much weight we as a community place on grades, especially like, I mean, I know it's something that you discuss on the regular, like how, I mean, they're important, but they're not the end all be all. And especially if you look at a climbing career in the long term, a singular climb or a singular grade is not going to make or break anything. Um, Yeah. No. And it's a grades are going to be different per person. 
You know, there are going to be V10s that suit you really well, that will feel easy to you. There are going to be V10s that don't suit you and feel like V11 or V12 to you. And that's totally, that's just the norm of we have a lot of different body types, body sizes that are trying to climb these things, different strengths and weaknesses. Not to mention the first person who assigns the grade or the guidebook author or whoever it is we're giving all this power to is just a person and doesn't know any better than any of us what the actual grade, if there is even is such a thing as an actual grade, I have no idea. They don't know what it is any better than you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess it's also just important to note that the people who are going out and putting up first ascents and who are writing the guidebooks are generally in a very similar body type. Like it's generally sure. males of, I don't know, five, six to five, 11. I don't know. That's kind of yeah, speculative. That's, that's probably but, roughly right. But somewhere in there. And there's definitely, you know, people who are climbing who are well outside of that spectrum, including myself, mm -hmm. I'm five foot zero. Um, so yeah, what, what grades they assign to something might not necessarily feel the same to me. Um, and so again, it just, it just doesn't matter that much. Uh, I mean, for myself, I just try to grade things as honestly as I can for myself. Yeah. I'll upgrade things. I'll downgrade things based on what I feel like personally, but that shouldn't matter to anyone else. Right. Totally. And something that I've seen quite a bit, um, this issue happened on your post. I've seen it happen with other climbers on the internet um, that the, the people jump in, these internet trolls jump in and they think that they can say definitively that would be this grade in my gym. I can look at these holds via my tiny little screen and this person climbing on those holds and I can say for sure that would be this grade in my gym. That's magic as far as I'm concerned because I can't climb a boulder and say definitively that's this grade because I just don't know enough to be able to say that. Even if I've done hundreds of that grade before, whatever it is, I can't possibly say that. It reminds me a lot of, I used to work with this guy when I was a mural painter who was like the worst armchair athlete in history. He would watch a Mike Tyson fight and then say, oh, Mike doesn't hit very hard. I could take Mike Tyson. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, or I could beat Lance Armstrong in an uphill climb. No, no problem. And I'm like, what? I don't get it, you know? And it's, it's the same thing with these people watching climbs on the internet. You just can't tell, especially when it's a really good climber or a really bad climber, a really bad climber who might just have silly strong fingers or something will make a climb look way harder than it is. And a really good climber like yourself will make a climb look much easier than it is. We see it all the time, but we still think we can make that estimation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I agree with you too, is with having climbed a lot, I've climbed a lot of, of 
be tense in my life. And yeah, you, you've done over 30 double digit boulders. You're, you're closing in on 50. Can yeah, we say that safely? Let's go. Yeah. No, yeah. Well, well we can say that safely. Um, and it is funny because, yeah, it, even just throughout the years, things feel different difficulty. Even throughout the months, things feel different difficulty. Right. Right. Conditions, how fit you are, how much you've been training. Like, it's, it's, there is no quantitative metric to be like, this is the grade. For sure. (laughs) Yeah. How many times, I'm curious, have you watched another climber right in front of you that you could reach out and touch, do a move or fail on a move? And then you say either, oh, that move's easy. I can do that move. Or that move's hard. I can't do that move. But then you step on and it's the opposite of what you thought. Hundreds of times, maybe. I don't know. Just all the time. Happens to me every single session. You know, I I just, I spent the weekend climbing with Will Anglin and Mm. moves that seem absurdly difficult to me. If I were to just watch him climb it and try to come up with a grade, I would be like, oh, that's V5. I can Mm -hmm. do that as a warm up. No problem. For sure. (laughs) And I feel like that's almost our default too. And I don't know if that's just us as humans or us as climbers or if it, if the ego comes into play, but it's really, really easy to watch a video and, or like, you know, if there's a climb I want to go try, I go watch a video, go look at beta, beta videos, watch someone do it and be like, okay, that looks super doable. It's easy to go into a session, you know, with your chest puffed out, like, okay, I got right. this. Like I'm, I'm going I'm to flash this or I'm going to do this really quickly. And then you pull on and you're like, what? How? <laughs> yeah. This makes, what? This is so hard. So. Yeah. There's this concept called elusive superiority, elusive, mm-hmm. I-L-L, not E-L, that, you know, similar to delusions of grandeur, um, but it's very closely tied to um your estimation of your own ability versus other people. Um, And it's also closely tied to this other concept called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Are you familiar with this? In which you don't know enough to know that you don't know, Mm. which um, the way, the way it's explained is you're too incompetent. People are too incompetent to see their own incompetence. So they think they're an expert. They think they've mastered it, but they are just too incompetent to realize that they're wrong. And honestly, I, and I've said this before, I'm not trying to totally generalize, but I'm going to generalize. I see this most in climbing around the like mid 512 to easy 513 and the V5, V6 range where you've gotten just good enough that you think you know, but you don't yet. And then as you get better and better and you spend more time doing it, you start to realize, oh, I don't really know shit. And then you back down from that definitive stance of this is V6 or whatever. I think that's a fair generalization. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like I said, not every 512 climber, not every V6 climber is that way, but that's where I see it most often. And I, I think we should be careful of that. Um, 
And this goes beyond all of the – this is not – doesn't go beyond. It's different than the the social missteps of saying this shit on someone's Instagram post. Um, it's just something we should try to be aware of as athletes, as humans, that if we want to grow, we might be holding ourselves back stuck in this Dunning-Kruger effect where we think we're experts, but we just don't know enough to know that we're not. Yeah. I mean, definitely a level of, of humility goes a long way. Uh, and, you know, there's always a balance, of course, of, of wanting to feel confident in your abilities sure. and, and wanting to feel, yeah, good about work you've put in and, and all of that. But definitely uh, approaching approaching things with, with humility. I mean, even um, that was actually something I talked about on that Green 45 stand post because that climb totally kicked my ass um, where it was, it was kind of a similar thing. Like uh, I had heard a girl had done it recently. Mm. I was like, it's a crimpy V10. I've climbed a lot of crimpy V10s. I'm entitled to this boulder and just went to it and just got crushed. Um, And, you know, every time that happens, it's a learning experience and just knowing, okay, like, you're, we're not entitled to anything, no matter the grade, no matter the style and just, yeah, kind of regarding the rock, respecting the rock. And yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think that advice of, you know, you're not entitled to anything is really good advice. I also think we're all going to get trapped in that sometimes regardless. Um, And this is maybe slightly off topic, but how do you like, are there steps you take when you walk out to the green 45 and you're like, Oh, I'm going to smash this boulder. (laughs) And then it kicks you in the face. What are your steps to getting back up and putting the time in to do the boulder? Because it's really easy to just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. And say that doesn't suit me or whatever. Right. I mean, with that one in particular, I did go back to it a couple more times. Um, it The thing with that boulder in particular is it's just, it's one just really, really hard move. I mean, it's two hard moves, but the first move is just like super hard. Um, so I thought potentially, oh, I just need to kind of figure out the subtleties of this move or this or that. Um, but I, I only did it this past summer, three years after I first tried it. And some, Mm -hmm. sometimes it is that you walk away and you, you come back and, um, it just kind of depends, I guess. Well, I think you keep it in your, in your mind, you know, it was there in the back of your mind, those three years. And as your skills are growing, as your confidence is growing, you, it's a, it becomes a test for you. I'm going to go back, you know, I'm going to see where I'm at now. It becomes this litmus test for your skills and where they're at, at that point. And I think that's a good way to go when something kicks you in the face, you know, just look at it like, this is a great challenge. This is going to be a great test at some point for me. And I'll, I'll keep it there for that reason. Yeah. And I mean, that, that just goes back to what we were talking about with humility and just Mm -hmm. being okay with failing a lot, because I think that can be something really challenging to get comfortable with. But, uh, the, the more 
I started projecting, the more I, I started really trying to push my limit, the more and more I failed and the more I had to become okay with that. And yeah, just have that attitude of, of going back to a boulder being like, I don't know if I'm going to do this today, but like, let's just see how it goes. Let's see where I'm at. And I don't know. There's some boulders I'm very, very, very used to falling on. <laughs> sure. All of us. I'm like all I, I go us. to this boulder and I fall on it. That's just what happens. Um, but it's good yeah. to have those. You, this kind of leads us right into a note that you you sent in your notes you know, talking about this and kind of reflecting on this yesterday. Um, you have your track record as a climber to fall back on. You know, there's there's a certain privilege in the aspect of I've been able to spend all this time climbing and I, I've built this resume that when I see these these comments on the Internet, I can turn around and look at my resume and go, okay, I'm, I'm a solid climber. I don't need to pay attention to these. It's not that simple, of course, but there is that aspect of it. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's where a lot of the kind of damage from these types of comments can come in is uh, everyone uses social media in a different way. And a lot of people use it just to celebrate what they're psyched about. And I definitely got a handful of messages from people yesterday, which by the way, thank you everyone for all the support. I'm pretty sure I got like over 150 messages from people, which wow. was fantastic. Um, but yeah, definitely got a few messages of people being like, this is why I don't post grades or this is why I like keep sure. my Instagram super private. Um, it's just these damn trolls out there just saying shitty things. And I mean, on one hand, it's like, yep, it's the internet. People are going to say shitty things on the internet. But on the other hand, it's like, what what does that say about us as a community and as a culture that people don't feel comfortable just celebrating and being psyched for for whatever they accomplish, whether it's in the gym, whether it's outside, whatever grade it is. I think that's really problematic. Yeah. And that's something I think a lot of us have struggled with, particularly over the last two years or so. Um we have this belief that the climbing community is somehow different than the greater community and that we're a, you know, this filtered group of better people, but that really isn't true. It's, it's pretty similar to the rest of the world and there are going to be rotten apples in that bunch as well. You know, some of these trolls just don't know any better. They're, they're right in the midst of that Dunning-Kruger effect, some of them are just assholes and and we have to decide how to handle that. You have your resume to fall back on. A lot of people don't. And those these types of comments can be really harmful for those people. Yeah. And, yeah. and you, but um, anyone really. Yeah. And I mean, even just thinking that somehow the climbing community is in a bubble is just so misguided. If, if we even just look on the history of our community and the birth of the sport and the just complete inequities of, of what was happening in history at the time, um, this community was created by a bunch of privileged white dudes. That's just... Yeah. So I don't, I don't see how, yeah, I don't see how people could possibly think that that would not have an impact on our culture and the inclusivity uh, of our community, because it's, that's just 
super misguided. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as far as spray goes, you mentioned in your notes here, and it's something that I've talked about on the podcast a number of times, and I talk about on the internet from time to time. There's this big stigma around telling people your accomplishments. And I I come from a, a world of gymnastics, hip hop, and skateboarding where that isn't the case. Like you, you celebrate loudly your accomplishments. And it's this strange thing to me in climbing. Um, several years ago, I put out an episode with Carrie Scott uh, after she did Proper Soul. And I'm actually talking to Carrie in a couple days, um, going to meet her in Denver and chat with her about her recent Mango Tango Send, which is super badass. badass. So badass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the episode with Carrie was about, is it spray or is it just being cited about your accomplishments? There's, there's a difference. And why do we have this stigma? And I got so many messages from dudes who were like, oh, well, now you should talk about why it's not okay to spray. And I'm like, I don't think it's not okay. I don't, I don't see the problem with it. It's not, it doesn't hurt you. Even if it is just egregious spray, it's not hurting you for them to say that. So I don't see the problem personally. Yeah. And I, I feel like there's almost a, um, I don't know, a, a, a barrier a boundary of like, well, once you climb this grade or once you're at this point in the community, it's fine for you to spray. I mean, the, the dude bros who climb V16 spray all the time, they put out right. videos. They like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't, exactly. I don't get it. So why is it so problematic mm -hmm. if someone who is psyched about sending their first V4 why is that so problematic? I don't get it. It, it just, yeah, yeah it, it's like there is some sort of gatekeeping with who's allowed to spray, what you're allowed to be excited about. Oh, like mm -hmm. that wasn't hard enough for you to be allowed to spray. Like that doesn't, that's just, that's just shitty. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally guessing here. I'm total 100% guessing. So correct me if I'm way off base. Um, I, I consider you like a, I don't even know what the word would be, a core climber. You know, somebody who has dedicated a lot of their life to climbing. It's totally okay to not be a core climber. I'm, I'm not saying that. And I'm just giving it a term. I don't, you know, I don't have another way to, to explain it. But there are a lot of climbers who have dedicated a lot of their life, where they live, what their job is, to their pursuit of improving as a climber. You're one of those people. And I know as, as someone else who has gone into that path, there is this stigma that we have to battle with a little bit. Um, and then now as you as a coach, you on the internet, you having to, you know, show people what you're doing and talk about your accomplishments. How have you dealt with that, that disparity between I'm a core climber. For some reason, there's this like clause in my contract as a core climber <laughs> that says you're not supposed to spray. You're just supposed to be humble. But now I need to. Yeah. Is that no, something you've struggled with? 
Yeah, it was definitely a, it was a definitely a little bit of a transition because yeah, for a long, long time I didn't post grades at all. I was like, yeah. well, you know, I would just post the name of the climb and I was like, you know, well, if they know what this climb is and they know what the grade <laughs> is, I don't need to like right. put the grade out there. That's just yeah, that's just I don't know again, that stigma of, of being like, well, that's just like egotistical or like super self-serving or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I did have to make that transition of, hey, I'm like trying to run a business and my business is me as a climber. And I gotta let people know what, what I'm doing and people should know what I'm climbing on and what grade it is. Like, so it, it definitely was a little bit of transition of a transition. And then obviously still, it's like a little bit of a, of an internal battle. Like when I was trying to figure out what grade to put on this stupid gym reel right. um, of just like, well, like I could just not call it V10 and then people wouldn't get upset. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a level of, of, of a battle in there for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's, I think it's normal to go through that. You know, for me, I went through a phase of, I'm not going to put grades on things, you know, but then it occurred to me, well, if I'm, if I'm assigning so much importance to whether it has a grade or not, then I can't say I'm not putting grades because grades don't matter because I've assigned this importance to it, you know? So I'm just going to put them and I'm going to deal with it, you know? And, and I think there's, there's a little bit of a, and I, I'm very guilty of this, um, maybe because I'm, I'm good at it. I, I'm someone with really thick skin. I mean, I used to rap about rock climbing. I have to have thick skin, you know, to do something <laughs> so ridiculous. So... <laughs> Um, I have really thick skin. So my answer has always been until the last few years, just, you just need thicker skin. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, the haters are going to hate. That's, that's all there is to it. And there's some truth to that, but there's also the side of if, if you want to be in this community, maybe try and do something good in the community, maybe try and be a productive member instead of a destructive member and comments like these on people's Instagram posts or YouTube videos or whatever. When you're totally out of pocket, you have no fucking clue what you're talking about when you say, Oh, that would be V6 in my gym. You know, maybe just don't make those fucking comments. Keep that shit to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally, what did that add to a conversation? Like I, I just don't, understand the point. If you want to think that, that's fine. I can't do anything about that. Even even the comments, it was like, okay, whatever. Like, what are you going to do? I felt irritated. Was, yeah, was definitely annoyed. But uh, yeah, then this dude bro definitely crossed a line when, when he started like justifying, you know, giving his, his scientific reasoning for why this possibly couldn't be V10. Um, and one of which, which I'll, I'll just pull it up so I can read it exactly. Yeah, please. Uh, was, okay. 
he was he was talking about how you know this is probably not v10 and the fact that she's not in remarkable physical shape and has a fairly normal looking body he used that as like a justification as like why that couldn't be v10 and he like went on to say yes i said she doesn't look very toned either for someone who climbs for someone climbing v10 I'd say the same thing. If a skinny dude benched 400 pounds, it's okay to question things. Sorry, this doesn't look like a route worthy of the V10 rating, in my opinion. And I was like, all right, that's the line. He crossed it. Like, <laughs> no, I don't want to feed the trolls. No, I don't, I, w- I don't want to be reactive. But like, that needs to be addressed because that was just, that was just fucked up to say. Um, yeah. Absolutely. For many reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. Um I, I underst- understand is the wrong word. Um, I, I get where he's coming from because I've been dumb enough to think similar things. You know, I remember seeing a guy years ago in the gym who just didn't look like he should be able to climb that hard. And he's, crushing nate and i both were like who who is this dude you know obviously he's a crusher but we never would have guessed if we just watched him walk in the gym and there are a lot of those people out there and basing what you think is required for you to climb hard and you're probably wrong about that too mind you but Basing what you think about yourself, using that to justify making comments on someone else's Instagram because you think they don't look like they should be able to, not only is just ridiculous, but it also has a lot of potential to be really harmful for the people who are reading it. Not even just the person in the video, but all the people who are also reading it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think we've all been there. I'm not going to like pretend and to sit on this moral high ground and say I've never like sure. made a knee jerk assumption about someone based on whatever. But I think that just speaks to uh, us as a as a climbing culture and as a community as to like who who we see as able like he literally was equating me in his opinion not being toned enough to me being unable and that's right. that's just that's just so inaccurate and and harmful but wildly you know, yeah and and we do have i mean i think it just there, I guess there is, you know, um, as our climbing community grows, there is increasing, um, you know, there is an increasing amount of, of diversity in, in body types, but like that doesn't change the fact that there is a certain body type that is highlighted and celebrated in the media all the time. And that's where we get this image from. That's where we say, oh, this is a climber. This is what a climber looks like. And if you don't look like that, you can't possibly one, be a climber or two, excel at this sport or be any good at this sport, which is like harmful in so many ways. Um, You know, one being the fact that I, like me personally, my body, I am a straight size woman, which is just means not plus size. Like I am in in any, any other context in the world. I'm like a very 
like fit person. Uh, Absolutely. And I think it's really, really challenging to, to hear those things because um, I don't know, I, I don't want to, this is like a definitely like a very tricky topic to talk about um, because yes, I acknowledge that I am, I am a skinny person. Um, that being said in the climbing community, I have personally struggled with some serious body dysmorphia because I didn't think that I fit the mold of the woman's body who is highlighted and celebrated. I, um, you know, I have thighs and an ass. That's just, that's just what it is. And, and, and for someone to come in and essentially say like, she's not toned enough, meaning I have too high of a body fat percentage to possibly climb hard is like so damaging. Um, and for me right now, I can honestly say that I am in a good place with my body. I've done a lot of work to to overcome that body dysmorphia. But yeah, had this comment been made even six months ago, I I just don't even know how I would have reacted. And, um, you know, of, of course, you don't want to put weight onto what a troll dude bro says on the internet. But like, you're, I'm still a human. I still read that. I still, you know, if, if it's the right words to trigger me, it's going to trigger me. So um, yeah. that was, that was the line for me. And, and that's why I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this now. Yeah, absolutely. The climbing community has a, I would think, higher than average instance of um, body dysmorphia, of disordered eating habits um, in the name of performance. Um, and knowing that, it's totally irresponsible to comment at all on someone's weight um, in person, on the internet, anywhere. I had a great conversation with Carolyn Wicks on the podcast um, a few months ago, I think. It all blurs together in my mind, um, but I'll put that in the show notes if you're interested. If you're someone who deals with um, – the not knowing how to make comments, feeling like you should make a comment um, or not knowing how to talk to your friends who you think might be struggling or or you're just someone who's listening to this right now and you're like, oh, I hadn't thought of this. I want to change. Good for you. I'll link to that episode. We've also been having a great uh, conversation in our community forum about this as well. It's prevalent uh, amongst men and women. It's, it's not, it's an equal opportunity issue that, that climbers deal with. So making these comments is unacceptable, period. Yeah. And I mean, it's just very clearly a symptom of the fat phobia that we as a community have. Again, I mean, we, we celebrate, we celebrate performance over the health or over the long-term health of an athlete. Like there, there are definitely ascents that I see celebrated where I'm just like, 
you know, I, I don't want to speculate or assume or whatever, but like some athletes really look like, yeah, they're making that sacrifice of, of long-term health over yeah. uh, for performance. Um, and we're okay. We give the thumbs up for that as a community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and the flip side of that is, is yeah, the fat phobia, the, um, yeah, feeling like you have to look a certain way to be considered a climber, um, or in this case, look a certain way in order to be able to accomplish something, which is just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, America in general, maybe the world, I don't know enough to, to say that's the case, but we definitely celebrate like the top one percent of athletes and the top one percent of athletes in any sport will get filtered down into this mold of a body type you know um, marathon runners are going to the the best marathon runners are going to look a certain way but if you go to the starting line of the boston marathon there are all sorts of body types the the top one percent of climbers will you know, look a certain way. And over time, I imagine they'll get even more homogenous. But climbing is a sport that you don't have to be in the top 1% to to dedicate your life to it, to be a productive community member, to, to be a climber, whatever climber means to you. You can be anybody and and do that. And that's one of the most beautiful things about this sport. None of those people commenting on that reel are in the top 1%. None of those people commenting on that reel will likely ever be in the top 1%. You know, that's why it's 1%. Very few people ever get there. That's just the reality of sports. The reality of how we celebrate it, we can change. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, maybe this is me wearing rose, was it rose colored glasses, but my hope would actually be to see that 1% be diversified as our sport grows. Again, I I just think that the people who have had access to getting to that 1% um, is pulling from a very homogenous group. And so hopefully as we, as we grow as a community, as people get more opportunities, as we work to increase access, I would actually hope to see that those, those body types become much more diversified. Um, And I think it could be cool too, like as different aspects of the sport, also grow. I mean, speed climbers are going to look much different than the sport climbers, than the boulders. Like good point. Yeah. I think, I think hopefully we see, yeah, more muscular built out body types, curvier body types. I I don't know. Again, that might just be my optimism, but um, that's something I personally hope to see. Yeah. You know, I think you're right. And that's a really great point. Thank you. It, you know, there are a lot of aspects to this sport. Um, trad climbers look different than sport climbers look different than boulders look different than speed climbers look different than comp climbers. You know, it, there are a lot of ways to fit in and there are a lot of aspects of climbing that can make you an elite climber. Um, it doesn't all come down to your percentage of fast twitch muscle or, 
your height or, you know, your finger strength. There are so many ways you can reach elite levels as a climber. So, so I hope you're right as well. Um, and you very well may be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think too, just as the sport itself becomes a little bit more, I don't know if advanced is the right word, but as we like really dial in on, on training and, um, kind of just more well-rounded athleticism. Um, I think that could change as well. I, I think even just with, uh, the, the growing popularity of strength training for our sport, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of pushback for it still, but yeah, I mean, right now that the top 1%, they're only starting to, to do strength and general strength and conditioning, which I think is yeah. great that they are starting to do that. But I think as, as we start to implement, um, more of, of, of those types of concepts into our sport, um, as we grow and as we become, I don't know, closer to those more well-established sports, we might also see a change there as well. I think we definitely will. Um, that's a great point. Also, if we look at the NBA, you know, as, as short a time as 50 years ago, NBA players were super skinny, long, tall people. And now we've got people like LeBron James showing that, oh, if we're stronger, if we're bigger, this we can be better. You know, um, golfers never lifted weights in their life until Tiger Woods came along and lifted weights and was a big muscular golfer. And now all of a sudden the body types of those top elite golfers are changing. Um, so I think you're right. I don't think we know what that top 1% body type looks like yet. We've, we've still, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, climbing is a really young sport in comparison to something like the NBA. Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, ho hopefully, yep. That, that will just continue to kind of change and, um, and as well as who gets attention, who gets highlighted, who gets celebrated. <clears throat> Hopefully that is, becomes more diverse as well. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to make sure we talk about here? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, um, I, I, I'm glad we like brought up all these topics and addressed them and, um, I don't know if we want to just spitball some like potential actionable steps or like, yeah, that's where yeah. I was going. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, number one, I think just take a second before you post in a reactionary way. Um, it's totally okay to not immediately post your gut reaction. You know, all of us, None of us have all the answers. None of us have thought through everything as completely as we can. Our first reaction is very often going to be the wrong one. Um, so think a little bit before you post. Think about how it's going to affect other people, um, not just the person who posted that thing, but also all of the other people who are going to read it. Um, you know, and if you're completely just self-absorbed think of how much it's going to make you look like an asshole and maybe maybe that's enough to not post it it's not not a good answer but maybe it's a reason you won't post 
Yeah. Yeah. And I would say kind of similar on the receiving end. I've, I've found that it, yeah, it's really similar in that, you know, me receiving comments like that, thinking, okay, (laughs) I could for sure react right now, Mm -hmm. but I want to address this in a way that's going to be productive. And, and it's kind of that difference between reacting and responding and, um, you know, I mean, do what you got to do if you need to react, react. But um, ultimately, especially like with Internet trolls, that's that's what they want. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah just trying your best to 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 take a second. Um, there's no no time rush on on getting a response out. So um, I'd say, yeah, on the receiving end as well, just take a second, take a breath and um, yeah, figure out how to like what's going to be the most uh, productive plan of action, whether that's just not responding at all um, or addressing it in the way that you want to. Yeah. Good advice. Um, Also to, to kind of highlight one of the comments I saw on your post, I am, I'm not reading it, so it's not verbatim, but someone said, I've never seen a climb harder than V6 where you could skip holes. <laughs> Everything has to be so precise. If you believe that, you are certainly trapped in this Dunning-Kruger mm. effect where you just don't know enough to know. Um, I don't know that I've ever been on a – I've been on maybe three or four climbs ever of any grade where there weren't holds that you could skip. Um, if, if you're making these statements like that, take a second, go, go to Google, look up the Dunning-Kruger <laughs> effect and sit in that for a while, because I think you probably live there. Yeah. Yeah. And especially, I mean, as far as gym climbing goes, there's, there's a lot of aesthetics involved with setting. Yeah, absolutely. I we mean, see if we're World just talking Cup about climbers that. all the time. If you watch the World Cups, these are some of the best climbers that we know. They're regularly skipping holds. It happens yeah. every comp. Yeah. Yeah. I guess with the best yeah. setters as well. Um, yeah, definitely. The, the sweeping generalizations are something, yeah, to maybe question. Um, and I think it's a good challenge for all of us too, just to, just to, you know, whether you're verbalizing it or commenting on it or um, just thinking it, I think it's a good challenge for all of us to, to question what what we are thinking and what generalizations we're making. Even if you're just at the gym and like we were talking about before, you see someone on a climb and you just assume, oh, like they made that look really easy. It must be easy. You know, question that and, and think about what what you can do to... Um, I don't know, make, make it so that you can use it to become a better climber, if that makes sense. I don't know if I articulated that very well. Yeah, I mean, it makes total <laughs> sense. I mean, that's essentially that's what my book, The Hard Truth, is about. It's a – if you find something that you want to blame something external for, um, for your own um, – 
if, if you get upset that you can't do a move or if you see someone climb something really easy that was felt hard for you or whatever it is, anything you're going to blame something external, turn that around, look inside yourself first. There's probably something you're missing, something you didn't take into account. Um, start there. Don't, don't push it out into this external thing immediately. If I see... If I see a woman climb something that has a hard grade attached to it that I'm not familiar with, I just accept that that's a hard rock climb. That woman is a badass. And I hope I get to climb with that person sometime because clearly I could learn something from them. You know, it's why not go there instead of, Oh, well, no way. This is that hard because I mean, look at her, look at those holds. Can't, can't be that hard. You know, that's, that's ridiculous. You have no idea. You're full of shit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And ultimately not productive for anyone involved. Yeah. Um, anything else? I think, I think turning it around and looking at yourself first, taking some time, Um, If you have, if you're on the receiving end of this and you have a strong community around you, which you hopefully you do, if you're, if you're a climber, um, look to them. Uh, If you need someone to boost you up, that's why a lot of us are here. It's what you experienced yesterday. Um, And I hope that everyone has that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very thankful. I mean, that's a huge part of why we're climbers is, is for the community. So I think yeah. it's, it's our responsibility to try and make it better all the time. Never ending totally. process. So totally. Well, thank you for being willing to have this conversation kind of spur of the moment um, and sit down and talk about it. It's a, it's a thing I, have seen over and over again, starting with, you know, back when I was a Red River climber, um, watching Katie Brown on site Omaha Beach and it immediately getting downgraded. Um, and then hearing stories about Bobby Benzman doing Better Eat Your Wheaties and it immediately getting downgraded. And why do we just automatically assume these people can't be as strong as they are? A lot of that is the male ego. A lot of that is our failing as humans to, you know, not look at ourselves first. So uh, I'm glad you were willing to sit down and have this talk. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate you reaching out um, to have the conversation as well. And um, yeah, this was a, a great platform for me to kind of be able to unpack my thoughts on it and um, hopefully um yeah just set an example of of what's acceptable what's tolerable and what's just not um so yeah thank you yeah um where can people find you you've got a a lot to teach people so where can they find you yeah i'm on instagram at juliet j-u-l-i-e-t underscore amanda and then my website is julietamanda.com great and um Definitely, if you're in the market for coaching, um, you just want a, a person to follow who is inspiring and motivating 
and just an absolute crusher. Please go follow Juliet. Um, like I said, lots to learn from Juliet. So, and I hope we get to climb together sometime soon. Um, I'm hoping to make it to Chattanooga this winter. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I will hit you up and maybe we can sit down and do this in person again. Um, totally. Talk all about coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely down. I'll be around. So definitely holler if you're, you're over here. Awesome. And you all know where to find us, powercompanyclimbing.com. You can find us on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, Pinterests, YouTubes, all the all the places. We also have a new community forum at uh, community.powercompanyclimbing.com because we just weren't psyched to be talking on Facebook all the time. So we moved it off of there. So please come and join us. And uh, you can look for us on the Twitters all day you won't find us you'll probably find a lot of asshole trolls on the twitter we don't see them however because we don't tweet we scream like eagles Yeah.